<laughs> you know, it's it's jobs like ours that make me glad I get to come home and just relax with a really shitty movie. <laughs> Which, this will either be a really shitty or a really good movie, because tonight we did the thing. We, where spun, we spun the, the wheel, the wheel of, cage. of cage. That's right. Uh, excuse sp- me, I spun the wheel of cage. Thank <laughs> you. Give him credit where it's due. Exactly. So Thank if you this very goes much. horribly wrong and we have to watch a horribly shitty movie, it's, it's on you. It's your fault. <laughs> That's right. Uh, excuse me, I did not put this movie on the wheel. <laughs> I mean... Nick Cage put this movie on the wheel, <laughs> yeah. for honest. None well, of us he personally is, came right? down here. Th- that's right. Nonetheless, uh, hi, my name's Josh. I'm an analyst here in Nashville, and uh, I've got very piercing eyes. <laughs> I'm Rick Fox. I'm an aspiring author, and I really want to know if this movie is about gambling or snakes. <laughs> Both. Yeah, gambling, gambling <laughs> with snakes. I'm Andreas. I'm an analyst here in Nashville, and insert something clever here. <laughs> and we're opinionated. <laughs> and today we are watching Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes came out in 1998. It currently holds a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. It was written and directed by Brian De Palma. Oh. And it stars Nick Cage, Gary Sinise, John Hurd, Carla Guigino, Stan Shaw, Kevin Dunn, and many others. I've heard of precisely one of those. A shady police detective finds himself in the middle of a murder conspiracy and an important boxing match in an Atlantic City casino. So gambling is the answer okay, to my question. Yeah. 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 And you've heard of more than one there. You've heard of Gary Sinise, right? No. He's Lieutenant Dan. Oh, is that his name? Yeah. NCIS <laughs> dude? I, I feel like he was on NCIS. I don't wasn't think he? he was on NCIS. He was on one of those. Okay. Well, hmm. maybe not that, but he was on one of those procedural. Like TV show, yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. But so, okay. So uh, none of us knows anything about this movie. I don't honestly. I, okay, okay, none of us know anything about this. The thing that I'm looking for from this is I want to see if any of the Nick Cage memes come from this movie. That's good. Oh, that's yeah, kinda, that's a good when one, it comes yeah. to the Nick Cage movies that I haven't seen, that's honestly what I'm looking out for because he's got so many like. Even if it's just like, oh, hey, I recognize that picture of the crazy face right, that he's right. doing. Or, mm-hmm. Oh, hey, and that Nick Cage freakout compilation that I watched on YouTube at 3 a.m. one night. I remember that scene. I've always wondered where the you don't say <laughs> meme comes from. Right. Where, yeah. Which is exactly why I was really hoping we would get Vampire's Kiss instead of this movie. Because <laughs> there's at least one of them in that one, and I can, I can tell you that. I, right. I don't know if any of them come from this movie. Mm. I know nothing about this movie. Well, I'm wondering then... Uh, on top of if any memes come from this, what cage cage ism should we expect? Like a freak out? Like are we expecting him to just lose it and punch somebody? I mean, it's still early '90s, so like, so he might still be trying to be good in this movie, okay. right? That, and then that's the other thing too is is this good cage or is this looking for his paycheck cage? Right? Or is this like passion project cage? Because right. passion project cage isn't mm. just like out there for the paycheck, but he still just like makes really shitty movies. Like Sorcerer's Apprentice was one that he was just like he was like, no, I. I want to make this movie. I got to make it. He, Wait, for real? I fight. I'm pretty sure it was. Like he was pushing hard for it. It, it felt to me like it was a, a, a uh, Cash- owned it in <laughs> cage. But yeah, maybe you're it right. It could be I both. It could be. Both. He really wanted the movie to happen. He just didn't give a shit if he there was good are, in it. I go. know that there are certain movies that he really pushes for that are just bad movies in general. Like, I feel like Drive mm-hmm. Angry is one of those, and I'm really excited for when we finally get to Drive Angry. Never seen, never heard of Drive Angry. So. It's, uh, it's a treat. <laughs> we'll have to watch that at some point. But it's for on now, the wheel. <laughs> but for now, we're going to go watch the movie that none of us have heard or seen before. Uh, we're going to be back in just a minute after we watch Snake Eyes. Real quick, before we go, uh, one quick shout out and one quick plug. Uh, we want to shout out our Patreon. If you enjoy our content and want to support us, you can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash opinionated. Isn't that us just shouting us out us? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've already had a, a number of you guys go and support us there, and we really appreciate it. Uh, if you do, you'll get all sorts of bonus content. Um, we do um, unique reviews that we post there that don't get uploaded to our regular site. So if you're interested in that, definitely go check it out. Uh, the other shameless plug that we're going to be doing is Rick recently just dropped a book. Yeah. Um, you are no oh, longer an aspiring author. You yeah. are now a successful one. Uh, Rick, and, well, an actual one. I don't know if it's successful. Some people as have bought your book. It counts as success. That Rick, is true. This is a short plug, so what's the name of it and where can they find it? Fates Pawn. It's on Amazon.com. Just Google Fates Pawn Rick Fox and you will find it. Absolutely. Uh, guys, we appreciate it if you go and check those out, but at any rate, we'll be back in just a minute after we finish watching Snake Eyes. Oh, I'm 
on TV. Hi, Rick Santoro. Hello, Richard Santoro. I'm Ricky! And I am the king! A pepperoni, sausage, Canadian bacon. Listen, why don't you just get to deluxe and save time, all right? Look, I got business. Call me back in five. There he is! There's the man whose life I want! <laughs> and now, the distinguished Secretary of Defense. Great idea. Put a flashing light on your head while you're at it. Why are you so uptight? It's fight night! Running security tonight. I got a lot on my mind. Watch carefully. That seem right to you? Kevin, that is right in so many ways. No, I mean, beautiful woman alone at a fight. A crime is about to be committed. Now listen to me, Mr. Secretary. I am telling you, you're the one that's going to be sorry. You will be a witness. And the hardest thing to spot will be the truth. I call all tabletop role-playing games D&D. Yeah. We're currently playing Star Wars (laughs) D&D. Even though it's the Star Wars D6 holocron system. No, it's Star Wars D&D. That's what it is. Exactly. You're like one of those people who calls all sodas Coke. Yeah. No, I call them all sodas because I'm not a monster. No, that's called being a southerner. It's called being a dumbass. Well, then I'm a dumbass, you dumbass. No news (laughs) here. I don't know why anyone would refer to because look if if the product that you're referring to is functionally not different at all from its competitors Kleenex and another other brand tissue they're basically non-distinguishable right it's like okay I've got a Kleenex you mean and indistinguishable. I've got whatever <laughs> they're functionally identical it's mm-hmm. like I've got a tissue and another tissue you know so it makes no difference Functionally, they a have Coke and a Dr Pepper and all sodas are basically the If you give me a Coca Cola uh-huh. and you give me a Sprite, uh-huh. I could instantly, without tasting or smelling it, tell you which one was which because they are very different in a lot <laughs> yes, of but in the a lot of ways. Of both is to be drunk, so they're functionally the same. To be drunk, yeah. What kind of like? What <laughs> kind of drank. like? Fourth grader, are you? Ooh, I took a sip of the. Oh man, I'm sure I'm feeling tipsy now. No, that no, I've had not a sip like my apple to, juice. No, as in like the the past. Oh, oh, so that you can drink them. Yeah, yeah. Not to get drunk. No, yeah, yeah. No, the, the way you said the, it was Coke confusing. only exists to get trash. No, Coke only exists to have have alcohol no, 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 poured no, into them. Not Coke, Coca Cola, Rick. You're thinking of the wrong kind of Coke here. <laughs> You're not trying to get trashed on Coke. <laughs> you don't get drunk off cocaine. That's all I'm saying. You get something else. Oh, really? You got a lot of experience with this? I do not. I, I've <laughs> never tried cocaine. That is that is one drug I have not you tried. You know who looks like they've most tried of cocaine? <laughs> Nicholas Cage! There you go. You had to think about it. You're like, is Josh dissing me? I don't do cocaine. What's he talking about? Oh, no, right, he, the movie! We were talking about how me. sleepy we all felt. So. Well, to be fair, we, we, okay, we went into this with low expectations, every single one of us. Uh-huh, very. I mean, we, no, to be fair, we went into this with Nicholas Cage expectations. Yes. Right, and it's a Nicholas Cage movie that we already know has a low rating on Rotten Tomatoes and his his bad movies are can really be a stinker and so we've kind of got a low bar set and so I think all of us went into it with that and so we we all poured ourselves a beverage as we (laughs) sat down to to watch the movie uh, which is why we might be a little drowsy now, but I can honestly say I was pleasantly surprised. I it's it's not a perfect movie by any means, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, here's the thing like okay at first, we were not pleasantly surprised. At first, we were just surprised because this first, like, what, 15, 20 minutes is just all, about. it's a not weird... a continuous take, but it's it is clearly a intended fake to be. continuous take. Yeah. I will say, like, they did a good job hiding it for a little bit there. Like, I didn't quite yeah. know what they're I doing. I didn't see the cuts. Yeah, I didn't and notice what like, they were I doing either. I just noticed that Nicolas Cage is being fucking incredibly hammy on screen oh, yeah. constantly it is a lot of nicholas cage ham all for at once. real he's, like he's smacked doing, with it he's doing his like yeah uh-huh. i'm nicholas cage baby <laughs> yeah uh-huh. stuff like this is why we need like cameras to record the podcast yeah but, <laughs> but when i did that everybody listening knew exactly what nicholas cage-esque face i was making mm-hmm. right now because they all know what face nicholas cage does when he's got that voice right exactly he's yes. got the wide eyes and he's doing like his little head shakes as he's going back and <laughs> he's forth. He's got a like, weird smile on. Yeah, he's like, this is my movie cockiness. Look what a cocky guy I am. <laughs> I'm just a character who thinks he's the shit. Ha-ha. I'm Nicolas Cage. Yeah. I want to know how long you can just go and continue. The entire just, podcast. Just until my throat burns out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's doing, he's doing that for a long time, and it very quickly introduces us to some unique character traits about Nicolas Cage. Yeah. 
Yeah. Most notably that he's a scumbag asshole that yep. I don't really know why we should be rooting for. I mean, he is entertaining. I will give him that. Like, he is over the top and annoying in this movie, but it's in a way that is like, it's hard to look away from him. Yes. He, he is... He is constantly got your attention and it's never annoying to the point where it's like i really wish this guy would just go away it's more of a like i would not want to hang out with his asshole well <laughs> run down some of the things that we learn about nicholas cage uh cheating his on his character wife. yeah he's cheating on his wife that's, that's right that's a big yep. one he's and uh, open about it like other than his wife everyone seems to know he's not he's not one of those like Oh, like I had a moment of weakness and like, uh, <laughs> no, like he's got a girlfriend. I'm a scumbag and I feel but He's got a girlfriend and when his com friend confronts him about it, he's just like, <laughs> you know, I can't just be banging one brawn. That's just not the way nature intended man to be. Yeah, I'm Nicolas Cage, baby. <laughs> I like to bang multiple bras. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he ever used the word broad in this movie, but it would be very appropriate for the yeah. character. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but he's, no, like, he's yeah. like cocky about it. And he's, oh, yeah. And like. It's the kind of when his friend like confronts him about it, he's like, he's not defending himself as much as like incredulous that his friend doesn't have multiple women that he's with. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Although I did like his uh, his friend's joke. He's like, oh yeah, you know, recently my wife started talking to me while uh, during sex. She called me from a hotel the other day. Yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's making jokes. Yeah, and I his, like that one. And his friend is Gary Sinise, right? It's Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Right. Um, and Lieutenant Dan is a high up in the military member. Right, yes. Um, whereas Nicolas Cage is a accepting bribes left and right to look the other way, low down and dirty New Jersey street cop. Right, exactly. And I mean, very no, interesting no, 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 I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, not street cop. He is a detective. Right. Yeah. And that, that's Major it, crimes. That is important right. to, the, uh, to the story. Right, but yes, he is a very corrupt cop. That is another one of the things we learned about him during this long opening. <laughs> when he like, chases down a criminal and like beats him up and steals his money and he's like, yeah, it's for your protection. See, <laughs> I'm Nicholas Cage. Yeah, baby. Yeah. And then he's a dick to him as he leaves, having left that. Like, it's like, it's because I got friends, buddy, unlike you. Yeah, exactly. That's what makes me better than you. Right. Yeah, we, we learn about that. We learn about there's there's a, a champ in the boxing match that's going on, and it's a big match, and it's very important and all that. You know, shocker, duh. We also learned that this, uh, this what is it, a hotel slash casino? Well, it's a, hotel, it's a casino, sporting arena. I mean, it's a casino, yeah. right? right? This is this is a big New Jersey because are they in Atlantic City? Atlantic City, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's this entire movie is pretty self-contained within this casino. They don't yeah. like, like everything happens here, right? Um, it's kind of centered around a couple main areas. There's the boxing ring and right. stadium mm. where where we eventually see a where murder we, happen. Where we come back to about a hundred times in the movie. Right. <laughs> there's kind of the hotel area where some stuff goes down. And then there's the like back, like behind the employees only doors, like mm. inner workings areas where like people well, are There's also around. the casino floor right. we see a couple yes. of times. It's not really yeah. a major part of the movie no. though. Yeah. Um, because Nick Cage has tickets to this boxing, this like major boxing match, and right. he comes down, and it's his buddy, it's his good old buddy Lieutenant Dan, and they have a moment of catching up, and then they they've got to watch the uh, the match, and Lieutenant Dan is here because he's on the security detail for a very important, it's like the Secretary of Defense, yeah, something like that, um, who's here to watch the match, and so he's part of the security detail, right, and they're both getting distracted. Nicholas Cage by the fight that's going on. He's right. he's here. He's watching it. He's being goofy, taking multiple phone calls from his girlfriend and his wife at the same time. And, and then Lieutenant Dan is distracted by a hot redhead, which is a little confusing given the fact that he was like, you know, uh, you're you're the kind of guy that you know only bangs one woman for twenty years and no, all no, that. No. You know, no, he has a, re he has a reason fair. for it. No, yeah. it does. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like especially as the movie goes on, and it kind of yeah. makes sense. It's just like if initially after that, that was something that struck me as odd immediately right from the beginning. I didn't feel weird because he did, he, he was very clear. He was like, I'm here on this security detail. And he's like looking around at a lot of different people. And he says, who's that redhead? She's here by herself, which is weird because she's like obviously dressed to go out. It's weird right. she doesn't have a date to this event. And she's also not watching the boxing match at all. Right, mm. yeah. So like she's here on the front row by herself not watching the event. Something suspicious. I'm on security. I'm going to go talk to her. And so he goes over and asks for a ticket. And then she books it and runs away. And so right. he chases after her. And yeah. so I'm like, okay, it doesn't feel that weird to me. 
I there was some something, subtext that I got through up. that. Yeah. Something definitely feels like it's up, hmm. but it doesn't feel like it's weird on on Lieutenant Dan. The thing that did seem odd to me is that uh, Nick Cage's character didn't seem to give a shit. Like, <laughs> like I would have thought he would be all over this. Like, oh yes, the hot redhead in the uh, uh, sleek, sexy hey, dress. He's got ten thousand dollars riding on uh, Tyler winning this thing. It's it's very important. He wants to watch it. You know, he can go he can go mac on that chick afterwards. <laughs> it just felt like he. Just got done uh, hitting up uh, this uh, one woman literally 30 seconds before this. And then as soon as the uh, the bell rings, like, I don't give a shit about women anymore. <laughs> well, to be fair, as soon as the fight. So the the, the guy who um, Nick Cage has money on, t- t- he, he goes down, he gets knocked out. And this is when we see some other woman who's clearly wearing a wig. It is not oh, such like a fake it's not. Wig. I just I guess I'm just the worst person in the world at telling when people are wearing wigs because everyone it's else in so movies fake. is like, I mean, yes, it's fake. Like I didn't assume that her her hair was naturally platinum blonde, but I just can't necessarily tell. Like, oh yeah, that's definitely a wig. I I never can notice that in movies when everyone else is like, oh that person is obviously wearing a wig. This is clearly reshoots for this movie. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it, it was it was obvious to me even before the like Nick Cage pointed out she was wearing a wig. Right. right? Yeah. There's a certain kind of uh, level of obviousness in that if it matches what's going on with the rest of the uh, the clothing choices, the the costume, right? Then like you'll you'll forgive it. Like oh, it's just a bad wig that they saw they had to deal with. This is obviously a bad wig, and like it's supposed to be well, obvious that you know she's wearing a wig. Well, and it's also like you know the hair and makeup people for movies. Yeah, like there are plenty of wigs in movies. Oh yeah, just, you just never notice because they're they've the hair and makeup folks have done their right. job great, and it's just like no, this is supposed to be this character's hair, right? Sure, makes total sense. And then there's the all right. We're putting this on because this character is supposed to be wearing a wig, and we right. want our yep. audience to see that, like, hey, look, that person's in disguise, right? And then there's me who's sitting there like, okay, yeah, I guess you just dyed your hair that color. That's, <laughs> that's fine. Very observant. <laughs> well, just, she, yeah. come, she comes over to talk to the Secretary of State, right? Because uh, Lieutenant Dan has just left, and she's coming over, and we don't really hear what's going on. She's kind of murmuring and mummering. We get enough to know that, like, something's up, though. Like, something's, yeah. like, significantly up. And also a nice little shot of Nick Cage being a skis ball again because she's like oh can I sit here he's like awesome you know my friend's sitting there but you can sit right here and he slaps his lap and she's like oh it's really only gonna take a minute he's like "Ah, baby a minute's all I need I'm Nicolas Cage yeah that's such a weird thing to say like why would you imply that you're just not you're Maybe, baby, I will leave you completely unsatisfied and honey, sticky. Honey, there's a reason they call me the two pump chump. <laughs> Wink. I'm Nicholas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep going back to I that. Really, I really need you to like after the credits are over for the podcast and like after the music ends, just have yourself going. I'm Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Just, just for as long as possible. It's an extra twenty minutes of the episode. Yes. <laughs> no, he. So she's there. She's talking to him. Nicholas Cage is watching the fight, and then all of a sudden, shots ring out. And the, uh, the well, first he takes first. You can tell that the the boxer is taking a dive. No, you can't. That's well, after the shots ring out. No, no. Let me rephrase. You can tell the boxer is taking a dive. How like, can you? Okay, look. You can't tell that this lady's wearing a wig, but you're like, nah. I know enough boxing. That dude's diving. I mean, I I do kind of like pay attention to boxing a little bit. Like not real life. You and your Hajimino Epo. Exactly. But I like just from knowing the tropes of movies and this being a boxing match that is enormous in a casino that is like a lot of pressures on all of this. And yeah, what? that guy's taking a dive. It's in the first <laughs> round. They're talking about how bad the champ's condition is and how like he's never lost before at all. That guy's taking a fucking dive. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> it's not about what you see on the screen. It's just reading the movie. I mean, they they yeah. literally do not show the boxing ring at all yeah. during this open opening no. like I montage is not the right word but this opening like shot. faux continuous shot yeah, yeah. this I opening mean, scene yeah because there's definitely like moments where you're like okay yeah that's where they broke the scene to to do that because like people will walk in front of the camera and you can tell but that's only if you're looking for it like if you're not paying attention to it you will otherwise not it that. seems very impressive yeah exactly and yeah. then so they so they like you know they get through this and the the champ is knocked down you can tell that he's gone down for a dive and all that if you're mm-hmm. if you're you know savvy that- at all to the fiction to fiction tropes <laughs> and that's when the shots ring out and uh the secretary of defense has been shot yes as like well a lot as like, well a as lot this of blood. lady in the wig she's yes. uh she's talking to him and she gets shot in the arm because mm-hmm. they they've missed shooting the senator who the secretary right a second time and that's when the shots ring out and nicholas cage drops to the floor grabs his gun he's looking around for who who he needs to take out and that's when he sees that the the, uh, the boxer's like oh 
He's 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 awake. He hasn't yeah. actually been knocked out. He took the dive exactly, and chaos ensues as people flee the stadium. Right, and that's the the opening scenario for this mystery. Yeah, and honestly, like this movie's not a bad mystery in a I lot of impressed. ways. I, I yeah. there's a lot of things that I like about the the overall mystery of it. I think the wrap up for this is not great, but we'll get there eventually. But w- just from like setup, once they get away from this like initial thing of like, okay, we've got to have a long continuous shot to open the movie with. Once they get away from that, I'm much more into the movie because that was getting really annoying. Honestly, yeah. about the time we noticed it was when I was like, okay, this needs to stop. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, and then it goes on for another you know ten minutes. Oh <laughs> yeah. Like, now, and I enjoyed the movie. I'm not going to disagree with you there. But as far as its effectiveness as a mystery, I liked it a lot. But they revealed the twist of the movie about a, like a yeah. third of the way through the film. Yeah. And, yeah. and then it just kind of turned into like a, a thriller. Almost. Well, and, and thriller is probably a better word for yeah. it. Because, because then it's less of a whodunit and mm. more of a why did they done it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because, because, okay, now we know who the people involved were. Mm-hmm. And all we really the only missing piece we have now are the motives. Yeah. yeah. And exactly. we still get that like another third of the way through the movie. So we've still got like this solid chunk of movie where. We know everything there is to know about <laughs> why and what's happened. It's just, will Nicolas Cage get out okay? Right, right, exactly. And I liked it a lot more when it was a mystery, when we didn't know what was going on, because you've got these different players in happening throughout the different characters, and you're seeing the events from their different points of view. Right. And Which it's not, I've, I want to point out, they do a good job of that, too, because they show not just uh, scenes reshot, they're like, they match up yes. uh, the scene you originally saw with a new point of view, and uh, they actually do a surprisingly good mm-hmm. job of yeah. matching those there's, together. There's a couple times where, like, you will see stuff that you've already seen, like, in one side of the screen, and mm. then, like, the character's point of view and what's going on with them and the other. And I think that that is surprisingly effective in some ways. I feel like at times it gets a little. I guess overwhelming is the word I'll use. Yeah. Like yeah. there's a little too much mean. going on there, but well, at the same time, I do enjoy the the way that they yeah. constructed that. But and there's a like, some... good direction there. Like they yeah. they just actually it actually seems like you're seeing the same moment from multiple angles. Yes, like, it doesn't seem like they're reshooting it. It feels like they're actually like two cameras on the same event. Right. Yeah. Well, and there's sometimes where reviewing those events from another perspective work well for me, and some mm-hmm. where they don't, because we get some characters who you know we're seeing what's essentially their point of view but we're seeing it through a security camera recording or yeah. or maybe the uh, the viewpoint from like the tv cameras for the fight right and i like those a whole lot more than the we're now going to have like a pov shot uh where you like see the person's hands in the frame for a couple seconds i like it, that it the first time they on. did it briefly when they follow the boxer and his point of view I like that they did it for a minute and then they just kind of pulled back and they did it like a regular shot and then they started uh, cutting it in with something we've already seen before but from a different angle. Right. Yes. I just think they, they did the first person a little bit too long. When when you when they're doing that though, it feels more limiting. It always, whenever they do that, it always feels like whoever is behind the camera, whoever's point of view we're supposed to be having, they're they're walking or acting slowly right yeah. yeah because a camera needs to move slowly so that the audience can see what's going on and if it moves fast that's intentional because it's action going on right, right? Mm. not necessarily hey we're gonna like show you plot points right right yeah there's reasons for the speed that the camera moves right and so when you're having it be a character's view and they're not in the middle of you know if you wanted to give me like jason Bourne's viewpoint during one of his <laughs> fights that wouldn't be too much different from the way the camera's already moving because it's already really hectic and it's fast and it's cutting it from here to mm. there because it's during the fight right right yeah. but if you're like hey we're going to show you what all of these characters are doing and talking with each other it feels weird because the camera's moving so slow but this is supposed to be a person right mm. right i and think so that-, that that's why it doesn't really work for me when we're seeing the retelling of accounts of there's what a, happened from someone's point of view there's like e- that. there is one where i feel like it is effective and i think the reason it's effective is because it, it's it's following the the eye line that i think that uh most guys would follow <laughs> oh yeah um, but it's because like that's the one time where it actually feels like you are in the head of this person and you are watching what they're watching and it's when gary sinise is telling his version of the story of what he was doing from, during from the when assassination he gets up to go talk hmm. to the suspicious redheaded right, woman exactly right? and so like it kind of has him like looking up and down this woman and ha- when like when she's doing distracting things like playing with her hair near her boobs like it, yeah like she's like shows pull, his eyeline pulling yeah. her dress back a little bit yeah like, exactly pulling up the slit on her skirt a little bit trying exactly. to show a little extra leg right obviously trying to distract him right <laughs> 
exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, it, it it shows you how distracted he is by having the, the camera move. And I think that that is effective in making me feel like I am in his head in a way that, like, when the, we're in the boxer's head and he's in that boxing match, I don't feel like that, you know, the same, mm. the same way. I do especially like that that entire scene of him checking out the woman is fabricated. Like yeah. he put those details in specifically mm-hmm. to make it seem uh, plausible, and that uh, it would be something Nicolas Cage's character would uh, take and be like, "Oh, okay, so you were just being a little bit of a dirtbag like the rest of us." Well, right, he'd exactly. be like, "Yeah, that's exactly what I would have done, man." Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And that's well, what he's which, saying. He, yeah, he literally says you that. Did the, you did the right thing trying to bang that hot redhead. <laughs> which let's go into Gary. Let's go into Lieutenant Dan's retelling of events. Right. Right. Because. I, I mean, we're basically going to cover the story by following the different people. Right. So the, so he talks about how he gets up and he's following the redheaded lady and she, she you know, he asks her for uh, her ticket to the match because he's suspicious that she's here under false pretenses. Hmm. And she books it. Right. So now he knows something's up. So he chases right. her and she, you know, she runs up the stadium stairs up to the uh, one of the exits up at the top. Right. And he chases her up there and he finally catches up to her. He's like, hey, hey what are you doing? And she's, she's like, just oh. like, oh, I, you know, I just had really shitty seats. And so I snuck I had, down to the bottom. And- I had shitty seats, Lieutenant Dan. Oh, I'm going to squeeze my boobies together at you and hope that you don't Josh, really mind too much. P- please stop using your shoulders to squeeze your boobies together. Squeeze. <laughs> am I we don't have a camera set up, Josh. You're am wasting I, your efforts. Am I distracting you, Rick? <laughs> yes, but not in the same way. That is uh, in the way they're like, ah, what is happening right now? This is uncomfortable. <laughs> Hold on. What if I change voices while I do it? I'm Nicolas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, she, she's got to be a movie him. where Nicolas Cage actually does exactly that. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. She's distracting uh, Lieutenant Dan. There's be some very hairy boobs, though. <laughs> and then immediately after the distraction happens, all of a sudden the shots ring out, and Lieutenant Dan is right there three feet away from the killer. <laughs> Here's and, the thing. And he pulls out his gun and fires blindly through the stadium that's and kills the thing him. That, that's the thing that it is. It's that like he... In like immediately looks up from this this lady's boobs essentially looks to this blank wall and starts shooting and we were all like what the fuck is he doing why is he just shooting that random wall and then terrorist because, okay. guy just falls on the ground dead right. because because let's kind of paint a little mental picture here so folks can see it right the shooter don't is, go watch this movie just listen the to shooter our, our is at like it. twelve o'clock on the clock right. And, they, and he's protected by walls mm-hmm. where you can't see him at all. Not even a little and bit. Gar- and Gary Sinise, Lieutenant Dan, is on at like 7 o'clock on the clock. Right. Right? Can't see the shooter at all. He can barely see the tip of the gun poking out past the wall where the I shooter is hid that behind. Much, so right? Fair enough. I didn't even realize that much was there to, to give away. Right. Like, yeah, that, it's just the tip that. of the silencer. Okay. And that's it. But, but Lieutenant Dan, being the high-ranking military official that he is, being the, the, the lead guy for this security detail decides you know what i'm just gonna fire blindly shoot through the wall to kill this guy <laughs> i i sure hope that there's not a little kid who came to watch the fight tonight who's like maybe <laughs> the seat to the left of this guy because i'm just gonna fire blindly through the wall to kill yeah this shooter. particularly because like it's not actually a wall. It's a light fixture built into the wall, and yeah. it's thin sheet metal. So it's like it makes sense he could shoot through it, but also if he misses, he's going to shoot through the other side and hit oh, somebody yeah. else. Oh yeah. Well, and and it's also like. I could get it if you were really far away and you're just like, I've got to try and stop him or something like that. But he's like two feet away. Right. Yeah. He can take like a step or two and be in the like line of sight to take this dude out. Mm. Yeah. And so when he, when Lieutenant Dan is retelling this story, it's immediately like that was like, okay, that's weird and suspicious. And then later, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to figure out where to go from here because 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 so much of the movie is like oh we're gonna retell these events I mean, retell these events I'm trying to remember what happens I I don't feel like I have uh I I would need to watch the movie again to like really lay out the specific events and sure. when the reveals are but the next thing I do want to talk about is when the lady that was in the wig finds the schlubbiest we, dude we don't know oh, her name right. What, no, what's her I name? I legit don't remember her name. I'm going to call her Bla- Platinum Blonde, even though she's got black hair for the rest of the movie, because at the beginning, she's Wig Lady in the Platinum Blonde. Well, no, Jane. I'm just calling her Wig Lady. Sure, Wig Lady. Yeah. Uh, so, Wig Lady is trying to escape, right? Right. So, she didn't shoot the the senator, the secretary of defense. Right. She actually got shot during that. She got shot 
but in the hustle of everybody trying to escape, she's trying to escape too, and right. she's scared. So she runs, she throws off her wig, and during all the hustle and the panic, someone steps on and crushes her glassic, her glasses. It's the classic like Velma from Scooby Doo scenario <laughs> oh, where no, like, not my oh glasses. no, Shaggy, I was, where my glasses I was go? literally thinking about Velma as it mm-hmm. happened. Like it was, it could not be more of that. Like exactly. And I honestly thought like, okay, that's part of her disguise, not. No, that's part of her. Her like she's not she able to see. She is blind no. as a bat. Because <laughs> yeah. some of the POV shots where we like see from people's perspectives come from her, and it, it is just pure blurriness. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I felt a lot of uh, sympathy in that moment because that is about <laughs> how bad my eyes are. Just so. wear some contacts. <laughs> well, you know, problem that's, solved. That's not as good for the for the disguise. You know, I did find <laughs> it kind of funny that. Uh, she meets this guy at the uh, casino, and it's not until she's literally about two feet away from his face that she can actually make out details. And the glasses she was wearing were fucking tiny. I want to talk bad. about this guy for a second. Well, because and the reason she's looking for a, a guy is because she she's afraid, and she needs to get somewhere that she thinks is safe. So she throws off her disguise, steals a t-shirt from the merch booth, and then goes to look for somebody to her help her. Because her clothes were covered in blood from yeah. right. her being shot and the senator being like a foot away being right. shot. Yeah. So she's going onto the casino floor to look for someone to help her and she finds Schlubbo McSchlubberson okay I want to talk about this guy for a second because if there were a platonic ideal of the schlubby man it would be this guy he's just the right level of overweight also kind of looks sweaty all the time has like greasy looking hair I was surprised he wasn't played by Josh Gad (laughs) yes because he looked like Josh Gad that's that's fair look up Josh Gad while we're talking because she goes and it's like you said she she has to get to within like six inches of his face yeah. before she can actually see him and she's trying to get him to help to help her while she's also still being kind of subtle about it mm-hmm. and this very clearly ends up coming off like she's a hooker trying to get him to take right, her upstairs because it's the casino show floor yeah and we can see other ladies of the evening trying to make their money right right yeah. and so i legit don't know who this man is I've never seen him before in my life. Doesn't he look like a schlub? I mean, yeah, but... <laughs> there like, you go. I've never seen anything he's been he's in. He's been in lots of stuff. She goes and she tries to get him to help her, and he must misunderstands, slash she's also kind of playing it up so that he'll right. j- just give go her the time of day it. and help her, right? Yeah. Um, and so he's like, yeah, you know, okay, we can go back to my room. Sure, no problem. She's like, it's, it's really hot in here. Oh, my boobs are getting too sweaty. Is your room nice and cool? And so it's clearly not just like, oh, he's misunderstanding. Like, she is playing it up. Oh, yeah. Trying mm. to get him to, like, take yeah. her away from danger. Right? <laughs> I just like that scene where, like, we see them walking away, and that guy has, like, the full handful of ass. Like, yep. he's got his entire hand. Like, he is trying to leave a mark in her ass. He has clearly decided... He is he is he is procuring a hooker for the evening and has he's going to get his full money's worth. Mm-hmm. Yes, he it, it is very clear what he intends to do. <laughs> and and aside from him just being like the kind of scummy guy that hires a hooker, he's even scummier when they get up to the room and she's clearly like in a state of panic and she's right. scared and he's like what do you mean I don't get my sex? <laughs> I'm so mad about this. I'm going to be sure to tell my wife all about it. <laughs> to tell her how I got cheated by you. <laughs> yeah, that's the funniest part of this movie to me, honestly, is when he like is outside of the room and he's going to find someone else to like tell about this. Yeah, this, it's uh, like, he runs Lieutenant Dan, I need your help. Nick Cage has come in. Well, because Nick Cage, like... Knows that she was the, she was wig lady, right? And yeah. he needs to question her because he's on the hunt to figure out what happened. And he's found out where she is, and he's like barging into this guy's room to to like question her. Right as they're fighting about him not getting the sex that he wanted, <laughs> and then he's Why like, "Dude, get out of here." Why did you just turn into Porky Pig for a second there? The, the dude's a Porky Pig. <laughs> I do love how he goes. Uh, he he gets thrown out of his hotel room, yes. right? He runs off, he runs into Lieutenant Dan, tells the story, and Lieutenant Dan's like, As we Wait. all do when we find a military officer, we're like, yeah. hey, let me help, have you help me with <laughs> well, my problem. No, no, no. But it's not is, even that. This is the part that Rick loves, though, because when he runs into Lieutenant Dan, it's not like, oh, man, I, I hired a lady of the evening, and, and then some <laughs> dude came and stole my room. He's like... I was writing a lovely letter to my wife, yeah. and yeah. this this man just barged in, and I'm so distracted, I don't know how I can write the sweet nothings anymore. Yeah. And and Lieutenant Dan asked him like, "What? Where is this?" And he's like, 
let me show you. <laughs> like, why the fuck do you want to show him this? Yeah, well, exactly. to, to be fair, to be fair, if if I was in a hotel room and some dude just came in and kicked me out of my hotel room, like, mm-hmm. get out of here, you <laughs> schlubbo. <laughs> I would go look at, I don't care if it was like a hotel staff member or a cop who was nearby or a Lieutenant Dan walking down in his very clearly army uniform, right? Mm -hmm. He's in his class A's. I would be like, hey, you strong person of authority, kick the asshole out of my room who just stole my room from me. Here's the thing. I don't think I I would choose somebody who's wearing their dress. I would go find someone who works at the hotel. Not a random military guy. (laughs) Also, not even a military guy in uniform. He's wearing his dress uh, uniform. He's clearly military, though. Clearly military, yes, but like he looks high-ranking and shit. I'm not bothering that dude. Right, well, right, and he also looks like this might be a dude who's like here for a good time at Vegas. Yeah, exactly. But also wants people to know he's in the military. Right. Right? Well, I don't know if you go to go to Vegas in your dress nines, like to like yeah. with the medals and everything, <laughs> to to be like. Hey, I, I would like the Air Force discount on these drinks, <laughs> Las Vegas. Exactly, the yeah. drinks are free. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so they get back to Sweaty Dude's hotel room, and he immediately pulls out his key and opens the door. Right. So and 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 did you just go back in? And Lieutenant Dan immediately pulls out his silencer and his pistol because at this point we've like put together and it's showed us clearly that lieutenant dan was actually behind it the whole time it was him who like he and redheaded lady were in it together along right. with the shooter yeah and it's this whole just thing the, is a setup to right get and some lieutenant dan bullshit done betrayed and killed the shooter afterwards to cover right. up loose ends right just like and we find this out because we get a little scene of him and redheaded lady and one other dude you know, walking down the alley and he's like, right. I got to clear up loose ends yeah. and he well, kills the, the lady. Essentially, we right. are getting the perspective from um, uh, from Wig Lady about what actually happened. Mm. And like, well, yeah, but we also everything. do get the scene of yeah. Lieutenant Dan like killing his compatriots. Right. Yeah. The, the actual do, scene yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah, we do. We do get that. But it is basically her explaining that to I'm Nick Cage. curious. Do you guys think Lieutenant Dan killed Spuddy Dude or not? Because he pulled out the gun. I mean, I feel like he was there. Killed which dude? Sweaty Sweaty dude. dude. Slubby dude. Slubby dude? No, I don't think he killed him. I could could see him having killed Slubby dude. Yeah. Uh, Although, like... No, because when when he realized Nick Cage and Wig Lady weren't there, he wasn't like, all right, time to kill you, Slubbo. He was like... He, like kind of put, lowered his gun and like had his face and like oh, I can't believe they got away. I like, would have it given was disappointment. This, I would give this movie five out of five if it included the line oh, time to kill you schlubbo. <laughs> 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 I want to make that my ringtone on my phone. <laughs> time Just... to die schlubbo. So he's still on the hunt for Nick Cage and Nick Cage has taken Wig Lady to like a stairwell right. and they're sitting down and she's explaining what's happened. Right. She's and, explaining and Nick the Cage, plot of the movie. Yeah, and Nick, Nick Cage, Cage is like, just like, no, that guy's I don't my best buy friend. It. I love that guy. Lieutenant Dan, he took a bullet for me in Nam. He's it's, the best. What, did he actually say he took <laughs> no, a bullet? No, he didn't okay. say that. Okay, for I was going to say. But he's like standing up. He's like, there's no way. Lieutenant Dan is just the most upright of dudes. He's so wholesome that Gary Sinise. He doesn't have a like clearly evil look on his face at all <laughs> times, and like has that like I've got I've got bags in my under my eyes because mm-hmm. I don't sleep because I feel all this guilt for all the horrible things I've done. He doesn't have that look at all. No, no, Gary Sinise, one hundred percent on the level at all times for sure. Exactly, and so eventually she's able to convince him because. He, Nick Cage is kind of talking his way in circles. He even at one point is like, you remembered wrong, didn't you? You remembered wrong. You didn't have your glasses. And <laughs> when like, he's having a full, almost full on Nick Cage freak yeah. out at mm-hmm. her. Yeah. And so, but eventually he just like, she tells him the truth and he kind of logics his way into where he can't really deny it. It all lines up yeah. and his friend is actually the villain. I'm a little yeah. disappointed. Dun, dun, dun. We don't really get a proper Nick Cage freak out in this movie. We didn't get a full-on one. His, no. full, no. his Nick Cage freakout was kind of at the beginning, where he was just yeah. like, "Hey, well, he just seems coked up." Yeah. I really right. did need like this just open up with him doing the like just snorting the longest line of cocaine imaginable. <laughs> the, the one shot, like the fifteen-minute-long one shot, it just, just has him. him like snorting the line the entire time. He's like going down banisters, <laughs> then it like goes doing, down a bunch of stairs, doing like the scree- the screeching noise of like tires going around a sharp corner. Yeah, yeah. Or, and, and it's, it's got you know. 
how like in the old like PG like comedy movies where like Chevy Chase would be naked running down the street and there's always like a convenient dude carrying yes. lumber to the yard. It's like that kind of thing where like he's snorting and oh here comes a piece of lumber and he just snorts it up the lumber up onto the ropes <laughs> yes, and this somehow and yeah. like halfway through like he finally stops and uh, takes a good breath you know catches up and, and then uh, just goes right on back, again right back yeah. goes to the other nostril yeah. goes back yeah. the way he came <laughs> why does this seem seem like it would be a scene out of an airplane <laughs> like the airplane movie yep i can see this it, should yeah. just oh, be gosh. a nicholas cage movie that's just nicholas cageism oh my god it's just him playing every character just doing himself all the time oh wow well not like that so Nick Cage, no, at this exactly <laughs> like that. That's the ending Jeez. of it. This is a giant pile of Nick Cage just banging himself. <laughs> Back to the movie. <laughs> Back to the pile. Back to the pile. Uh, at this point, Nick Cage is like, ah, you've told me, ah, you, you've you've brought it all to light. I understand what's going on. Time to really get you out of the movie, wig lady. And he goes and just like locks her in a weird like cupboard that's got a door to the outside and a toolbox and nothing else. But she's locked in there and she can't get out. Yeah, I don't know what the purpose of this. Uh, it's it's like a little tool shed, except for one side opens up onto the pier. Right. I mean, maybe it's just like a like thing you can like. Like it's one of those doors that just doesn't open from one side if you don't have a key, and that's how he knew she I mean, yeah, out. But like, it is a definitely. weird, weirdly placed area because like it's later, strange. a random giant, I, I guess spear just punches through this room from nowhere. It, it from looks literally like a giant nowhere. Harpe- no, 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 no. They did show. It, it's part of like the. The ornamentation of the outside of the casino. Yeah, but okay, it is so. a gigantic stone spear that like is literally the size yeah. of me, and yet there is outside also a random news report lady that is being like, "Oh, I guess this hurricane turned out to be a hurricane after all," <laughs> and yeah. she's not being flung through buildings like a, like this spear is. <laughs> so like, I gotta imagine if the winds are strong enough to lift a several hundred pound spear, like other stuff should be happening. It's as a well. very selective hurricane. It, it's not. <laughs> it really did not. Clear. Like that spear. I feel like the spear going through was it like falling off the roof or something? Maybe. I, I don't maybe. know. But at any rate, Nick Cage is like, I gotta protect you from Lieutenant Dan. You're just locked up in here now. And then oh. he just leaves. And that's basically all like, okay, we're done with Wig Lady now. We, we don't need her for anything else. We do need to talk about his scene where he is talking to the boxer guy after the match. Like, this is way earlier in the movie. And I'm kind of oh, yeah, sad we that we've we kind of forgot about it. Oh, yeah. That's, when, one, when he's, that's a great scene. When he's initially kind of like unraveling the, the mystery of what's going on, one of the first things that he has realized is that, like, after these shots happened, the boxer, like, popped his head up even though he was supposed to be knocked out. So, like, clearly. The, the fight was rigged. It wasn't and all that. actually so, unconscious. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so he's going to go to that guy to like find out, okay, what does that guy know? How much does that have to do with what what happened here? Yeah, is he involved with it? Yeah. And one of the first things he does is like slaps down a, a photo of his son, like, hey, give me an autograph, will you? And like he's like giving this guy a hard time throughout the entire thing, explaining like how he knows that this guy threw the, the, the fight. The boxer threw the fight. Yeah. yeah. And eventually, like the boxer's like, fine, fine. And like has his entire entourage leave. And he's like, What's your kid's name? Yeah, <laughs> just clearly. All right, you've won. Yeah, yeah. You, I'll I'll tell you what you need to know. I'll do what you want me to. I like yeah. this he guy. He brings up th- uh, two or three times, even. Yeah, I like this guy as a boxer. You know, I like this guy yeah. as a character. I think he does a good job, but I just don't think he has the right build for me to really buy him as like well, the heavyweight and, champion and, of the world. And neither of the people that they get in the ring for the boxing scenes right. really seem like they like they're. They both seem like they've watched Rocky, but haven't actually trained in like a boxing. That and they gym, also seem right? like they are like okay, so heavyweight. That means we just got to be fat, right? Because <laughs> they both look chunky. They don't look like they are super in shape and like ready to get into this like super long boxing match. And they, they also don't look like, like they know how to throw a punch either. They're just like jabbing the whole time. There's no like uh, no shoulders or hips to or anything. Be to be fair, it. he did say the other guy like didn't know right, what he was but doing. neither Tyler didn't do it either. I. I felt like that was him throwing the fight. Like that, I could I could excuse it for that. Like when he does throw the one punch that knocks the guy down, I felt like that was a pretty good. Sure, one. Mm. but I I, I want to go back to what you were saying where Nicholas Cage is talking to this boxer though, yeah. because I one of the things that I did like about this scene, thinking back on it, is that it it kind of reinforces what we already know about uh, Nick Cage's character because right. he's starting to unravel what's happening with this mystery, what's happened with this murder. And yet, when he's talking to the boxer, um, the boxer's like, all right, what do I owe you to stay out of trouble? And granted, he could have asked for a ton of money, 
but he also doesn't like ask for no money. He's still like, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I want the ten grand I put down on you. I want that back plus a five five hundred dollar inconvenience fee. No, five hundred dollars <laughs> for for dishonoring the ring. Yeah, that was it. Right, but it's clear. It's clear. Like I like that they're still establishing and they're still reinforcing that Nick Cage is kind of a scummy dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because and that comes into play because later. Nick Cage, you know, it's, it's after he's talked to Wig Lady and locked her in the room, and he's going up to the recording booth for right. the casino's, like, sports arena, right? And he's watching back the playback of the tapes, and he sees he sees Lieutenant Dan, and he, he sees that he was in cahoots. He's verified Wig Girl's story. Right. And that's right when Lieutenant Dan's behind him, and they have their confrontation, yeah. right? And this is when... Lieutenant Dan is, he's, you know, Nick Cage is like, well, why'd you get me involved? And Lieutenant Dan's like, well, you know, I need a cop there to back up my story. And I knew if, like, you caught wind, we could just buy you off. Speaking <laughs> of which, like, what do you, what do you want? 100,000? 500,000? You want like a million? Like I'll, I can give you a million. Just guy, to shut up. Just, this guy just is take the money and go. This real guy is really bad at at bidding. By the yeah, way, he's the worst. Like, it's not even close. It's not even like a slow build up. It's like hundred thousand. Ah, you know what? Two hundred thousand. Ah, you know what? Three hundred. You know what? Five hundred. Nick Cage let's go hasn't said a word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly he's just the like time. I'm just gonna keep letting him go. Out. But <laughs> but Nick Cage up until this point, it's been you know if they had his character take the money, it would feel weird from a movie perspective because it's like Nick Cage is a protagonist. He's clearly supposed to. Like help save the girl at the end, right? But from a character perspective, I would have been fine with it. Oh yeah, yeah. it would be perfect because the I character that, that like, Nick some Cage other has char- been yeah. throughout this has been the dude that probably would have taken the money. Yeah, exactly, and that is to the movie's strength. I think it, uh, honestly, it is a little bit hard to believe he didn't take the money. Honestly. I think at that point it was mostly a state of shock and that his friend had really done this and betrayed him. And right, thought I, of that as I'm the, fine with that. Yeah, it's when later on he's declined the money. He's like, no, I got to stand up for what's right and they're beating the shit out of him in an alleyway that's where i'm like there's no way this dude he's all about the self-preservation looking out for number one there's no way he'd be sitting here taking this beating hmm. well that's I mean, the part that seems i can kind of believe that he doesn't want to just hand over this girl sure. to these people and that's that's the thing is that's the sticking point it's not the money it's nothing else it's just that he doesn't want to because be lieutenant responsible dan, right. in his eyes for murdering this girl because lieutenant dan says like i'll give you the money you tell me where the girl is and then you're done and Nick Cage's response is he kind of mutters under his breath, like, oh, I've never killed anyone. Yeah. And so I, I agree with you. I think that it's because he feels responsible for her death if that happens. If Lieutenant Dan had been like, I'll give you the money and you walk away. We'll find her on our own. You're not involved. Right. You just leave and never talk about this he again. Probably he probably would have taken the money yeah. at that point. Probably, right? yeah. I'm, I'm, I've been trying to figure out, there was that uh, quote unquote bloody $100 bill that really just had sure. ketchup on it that fell out of Lieutenant Dan's hand. <laughs> what the the perfect the perfect imagery for blood money right when right. Nicolas Cage yeah. is debating I'm taking trying, the I remember the that Nicolas Cage gave that to somebody but I cannot remember who he gave it to he tried to give it to his bookie when he was play, placing the, the right bet. the bookie the bookie gave it. it back yeah but he gave it to somebody else after that I don't think so did he yeah because Lieutenant Dan had it and dropped it that's how it came out I feel like it, Lieutenant Dan was like somehow working with the bookie wouldn't he like, no, because the, the bookie gave it back to uh, gave it back to Nick Cage. Nick Cage gave it to somebody else. I remember that. Hmm. I distinctly remember him giving it to somebody, but I can't remember who he gave it to or know how Lieutenant Dan got his hands it, on it. I mean, he may have just given it to another person that was in on this plot, or like Lieutenant Dan is also investigating this thing, so maybe he just got it from that guy through legitimate means. You might be right. I don't remember who that would be. <laughs> it's it's maybe, been bugging me ever since that scene. Maybe it was the scene. boxer. I, I don't know. Mm-mm. Was it the schlubbo? No, Shlova wasn't involved no. in anything except the, the, the girl trying to get away from the floor. Yeah, yeah. he definitely, and he didn't I, see I him long know. enough. At, at any rate, Nick Cage knows, he knows Lieutenant Dan's bad. He refuses to take the money, and Lieutenant Dan's like, fine, we'll just beat the crap out of you until you tell us yeah. where the girl is. He, I like that he has the heavyweight champion of the world yeah. just beat the shit out of this guy. It Yo. can't be anyone else. It's got to be that guy that just beat the ever-loving shit out I of mean, Nick Cage. I mean, to be fair, if you need someone to get beat up and you've got the heavyweight champion of the world in your pocket, you <laughs> might as, as well. well. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's probably going to kill him if you get that guy, though. He's but wearing the gloves. On the other hand, like, oh yeah, he is wearing gloves, but I, I think this is one of, like, he does, like, the boxing guy does fine as far as giving this beating out, 
but Nicolas Cage is way <laughs> overselling this. He's like, he'll like take a punch and do like a pirouette spinning away from yes, it. Yes, exactly. And he'll land time, on, the, on the like the boxes of trash and like crumble <laughs> to the ground all dramatically. He's, and, and he's giving like shit talk to the guy the entire time. Like, ah, oh, you aren't hitting that hard. Ah, uh-huh. I'm Nicolas Cage. Ah, ah baby. <laughs> I do like how. Instead of spitting in uh, Lieutenant Dan's face when he feels uh, disrespected, mm-hmm. he spits on his medals, that and that's what good. really pissed him off. Yeah, that like, was... Lieutenant Dan looked at him and was like, you son of a bitch. Because the way that Lieutenant Dan like explains the plot, it's not really about him so much mm. as like in his eyes trying to, to save a bunch of soldiers. Like, mm. I didn't... I'm not going to lie. Sort of. He's yeah, also I making did a not to... so, okay, buy so his the, the background, background plot, the reason that the murder happened is because Secretary of Defense... Is is working out a military contract with this mil- this missile manufacturer, and Wig Lady works for min- missile manufacturer and is like, oh crap, they've been fudging all their results. They're lying about everything that's like how good this missile is. The missile actually sucks. Yeah. And when the U.S. buys a bunch of them and tries to defend their troops with it, it's not going to work, and we're going to lose tons of U.S. soldiers hmm. because they're lying about how good this missile is. And so I've got to let the Secretary of Defense know so that he doesn't buy this. Right, exactly. And then the manufacturer of the missiles and Lieutenant Dan, mm-hmm. who's very invested in getting these missiles purchased, and also the owner of the casino are all in cahoots somehow. Right. So basically they're like, we got to stop him from not buying the missiles. And also we've got to, st- we, we, we have to stop secretary of defense because he's not going to buy the missiles anymore. So we got to kill him. So somebody else will buy the missiles. And we also got to kill wig lady. So she won't talk about how shitty our missiles are. Right. right. Lieutenant Dan just set up this entire situation. Cause he knows people in this city. Like it's, yeah. this is his city. So like, it makes sense that he would be able to be like, Hey, I know this casino owner owner. We'll just set it up so that during right. this boxing match, this whole thing goes down. So, yeah. So, so yeah, so that's that. That's the whole reason behind it. Yeah, I, I can't really buy his reason for doing it though, because he's his backstory is that he was on a ship that was hit by a a, a missile below the uh, waterline and started taking on water, and he was given the task of sealing off uh, do- uh, rooms so that the ship wouldn't sink, but mm-hmm. would also trap people inside and drown them, which is horrifying, but. He decides uh, he's going to uh, move into more, uh, I guess, like governmental administration side of the military and prevent these things from happening. And he is so on board with a system that does not work and would cost lives. And I don't see why he would be okay with that. Well, they had some sort of thing about how, like, if they didn't get these missiles, then then they were just not they were going to cut funding for defense and so we were just going to be left defenseless cuz we weren't going to be spending he had some bullshit line there, that there, explained it, like it his was angle like, on that of like, yeah like yeah, I did we've got to be spending it. money on def- it's like you got to spend money to make money it's like you, you got to start the ball rolling on buying more missiles so that we can eventually get the good stuff to defend ourselves right and if we don't do that here, then they're just going to stagnate and not defend us anymore with missiles or whatever. That's it such was terrible. It logic. was stupid. It was yeah. dumb. I mean, but it was enough to make him the villain. Yeah, exactly. And he might have just been lying. So, like, sure. you know, it might have just been some bullshit he was saying to get Nick Cage on his side. At like, any rate, Nick Cage gets beat the hell up. He gets knocked unconscious, and uh, Lieutenant Dan goes and places a little tracker beacon on him so that when he wakes back up and sneaks away, mm-hmm. Nick Cage will lead him right to where Wig Girl is. <laughs> Which this guy has just random tracker beacons, apparently. No, they showed him off no, early was, on. No, I know, yeah. but like this guy just has those things. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a new... Like, I don't feel like in 1993 those things were just like, okay, yeah, we'll just hand them off to all of our five-star generals. That's no big deal. You know, hey, I, here, here, have a few. It's a, it's a party favor. <laughs> I do love how the... Uh, uh, the little uh, like GPS receiver for it not only shows its location versus your location, it has a perfect map of the hotel you're in. Oh, yeah. It was great. Yeah. Um, like, here's all the rooms. Here's the doors. Here's the hallways. And it works perfect because Nick Cage, gosh, is he hamming up his, his injuries because he is, like, drunk stumbling because of how beat up he's been. Not even drunk stumbling. Just, like, weird, random, like, hit movement. Like, he's twitchy and, like, flopping around like it doesn't look like he's drunk it doesn't look like he's injured it looks like he's a alien that is trapped in a human body and he, maybe that's so he looks like nick cage yeah. he's trying to walk like he's been gravely injured yes it's really clear that he's hamming it up a ton yes and he makes his way back to wig girl and he's like oh wig girl look out oh i can tell that lieutenant dan's behind me because of this shadow on the wall because hurricane whatever hurricane gertrude is going on outside they named right. it i think 
I don't they did. Jezebel. Jezebel. Hurricane yeah. Jezebel's going on outside, and it's just ripping up a Excuse storm. Excuse me, guys. It's a tropical storm. Oh, that's right. Uh-huh. And uh, and and it's it's clear what's going to happen from the get go. It's like, oh man, the storm's going to blow down the door, and like it's going to foil Gary. I thought I thought Gary Sinise. I thought Lieutenant Dan was going to get run over by some of the debris that was coming their the way. The giant rolling ball that did absolutely nothing. Right. It, yeah. What they it, just kept showing it, and it's like, why are we showing this if it's not going to actually squish anyone? Yeah. But <laughs> instead, so it was that the the storm knocked open the door right as the cops showed up well no like the 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 ball did roll and the cops had to like swerve to avoid it and they crashed into this place right as lieutenant dan was coming in to murder nick cage and this lady and wig girl yeah and yeah. nearly ran over nick cage and wig, right. wig lady and then and very so the cops catch him in the act which again i like this part seems weird because you've got clearly a man in uniform who's like Hey, there's been a murder, and these are the suspects. And they're just like, "Sir, put your gun down. We don't trust you for some reason." Yeah, I mean, that was really weird. Of like, why wouldn't they at least like listen to that guy? Like, he's clearly a guy in in military uniform, and like Nick Cage and this girl do not look like they are not I'm criminals. Pretty sure the uh, protocol is they have to show a form of identification. You can't just trust a uniform. Maybe, and, but and like, that's, that's not what yeah. they're asking. They're and not they, asking for forms of identification. They're like, and they could easily ask him you. to like put his gun down and then also apprehend Nick Cage and Wig Lady. But instead, they're just focused on Lieutenant Dan. And when Lieutenant Dan realizes, like, he turns around like a goober to try and get his way back yeah, inside. I know, I love but the that. door is locked. And he's like, oh, nuts. And he, like, shakes the doorknob a little bit and he exactly. can't get back in. Yeah. And then he turns back and looks at the. He sees that he's on television, broadcasted live. He's like, the news well, crew's there. my life is over. And he just commits suicide on the spot. Right. Yeah. Just shoots himself in the heart, which is an unusual way to do that, I feel like. I, I, feel, like that's- yeah, I feel like it's normal to go for the head. Strange to go for the heart but Pr- probably works a little better for tv at this time maybe yeah. um and and then it's like fade to black and i like what happens next because what happens <laughs> yeah. next is that nick cage gets his just desserts for being a dirtbag. <laughs> well yeah. no hang on he gets his uh day in the spotlight which right, unfortunately right. is not something you wanted to corrupt because, uh, because right. exactly because he gets recognized for saving the day at the casino and he yeah. gets like the key to the city presented by the mayor and he's like oh yeah and then it just is like one, well, month, it's one es- month later <laughs> it's especially funny because uh, a couple times nick cage even says like his ass his only real aspiration is to maybe one day become mayor of atlantic city yeah and he's like you know what that's all i really want to do in my life is you know I, I i like this job i like you know having my uh my family and my girlfriend maybe i'll be mayor one day exactly and he's like maybe i can angle this if i just get on tv enough i can become mayor and he goes out and he gets on tv for this whole thing and he meets the mayor and then everyone realizes how much of a dirtbag he is and uh, starts investigating him for corruption <laughs> they, and indicts him oh yeah, yeah. and he, get, he he gets indicted for corruption and for taking bribes and at the very end you see him kind of looking off across the water uh, and he's because he's just got out of prison. He not out of prison. He just he's got out of to court. Go. He's about to yeah. go to prison. And here comes Wig Girl for some reason. Yeah. And she's like, they now have romantic tension. I guess. I mean, ish. They had some through the movie. Like I, well, I felt like Nicolas Cage would try to bang her. Well, we've he, established he'd try to bang literally yeah, anyone she's got on legs. two legs. Yeah. He'd br- he'd br- try to bang anything on legs. Yes, and she's hot, so it makes sense for him to try to bang her. I think that she's also weird the type that she's come- into him. I don't know that it- she's into him so much as she's like checking in on him because he nah, did. Oh she didn't no, save she, her she's nah. like she's like, hey, you got a wife? He's like, not anymore. She left me. I mean, got a girlfriend. Maybe he's. She's just like, hey, uh, you saved my life. I, uh, she I, kissed him, and then it destroyed your entire life. Maybe I'm gonna throw you a pity fuck. I don't know. No, that is not <laughs> no. what's happening at all. <laughs> I don't get this connection whatsoever. It's weird and out of place, and they should ju- should have just let him be miserable at the end, and it would have been a fine and fun ending. Yeah. And then we zoom in on the construction workers behind them for no reason as for like the entire roll. as a song about Las Vegas plays. <laughs> they can't even find one about Atlantic City. Are there songs about Atlantic City? There's got to be one. <laughs> Viva Atlantic City. <laughs> uh, this movie's fun. Um, there are problems with it. Yeah, there um, are. But honestly, none that I could like, th- none spring to mind without me having to think of them because so much of it is just fun to watch. Like mm. it's it's kind of goofy and campy in fun ways, and the plot rolls uh, rolls along at a good enough pace that like I I genuinely enjoyed watching this movie. Um, 
I think my favorite part was Lieutenant Dan, um, because he is the best actor in this film uh, <laughs> by, by it's far. Just not saying a whole lot. No, but I, I really, I really liked his character, and I really believed that he was good the entire time until they showed us he was bad, and then he seemed genuinely sinister. Yeah, like he played it really, really well because he, he was very sympathetic at the beginning, and then once he turned and became the villain, he was very like he had the face and everything, and he he I I was genuinely worried about what he might do, especially like early on, just after the uh, the shooting goes down, yes. and Nick Cage has to actually like talk him down and tell him like, look, this isn't over, like we can salvage this, we mm-hmm. just have to be careful how you play your cards, right. say what you did right, and actually seems to genuinely help him, and yeah. you realize later on like, oh. He would Lieutenant Jones just playing Nick Cage for a fool, right? Uh, so he he was definitely my favorite part of the movie. Um, th- there's a couple things I could probably choose from to pick my least favorite part. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the like fifty, although I thought they did a good job of making it seem pretty seamless. Um, the 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 like fifteen minute long quote unquote one take uh, <laughs> or the the one shot dragged on way too long yeah and it, and it was just way too much of nick cage just i'm nick cage yeah baby especially Woo! especially when he was on the phone pretending to have a conversation and like the thing you can always tell when someone's on having a fake conversation in in a movie is like they never have time to have the other person say all the stuff they would have to it, say to get yeah. those responses because if you ever listen to someone actually having a phone conversation it's not that person saying like yeah mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah yeah while the other person's talking it's they say their bit and then they're silent for like 30 seconds and then they say their other bit it's like hey rick how's it going yeah all right me too and like that's (laughs) that's how it goes it is very boring to listen to a one-sided phone conversation uh and so it's clear that he's not actually talking to anybody exactly yeah um and so I could pick that really long shot at the beginning, but I think for me the parts that I disliked the most were some of the uh, point of view shots where you're kind of following around people. Like mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, it felt it felt really slow and clunky. And although I think they did a good job of transitioning from that shot to including the person they're supposed to be following yeah. in in the scene now, more like a regular you know movie camera would. Right. Uh, the parts where they are from that point of view just felt weird and yeah. distracting and out of place. So that's, that's my fair. least favorite part of the movie. Uh, the movie's not great, but it's campy and it's fun. And I had a good time watching it with you guys and I had a good time talking about it now. So I'll give it probably an undeserved, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. a soft. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll give it three out of five or three and a half out of five bloody hundred dollar bills. Three and a half. Dang. Okay. Damn, that's right. right. Andreas, how about you? So uh, this is a hard one to rank because it's not like an especially cagey Nick Cage movie. Like the beginning is definitely. But yeah. after that, he calms down a lot and he does an all right job. Yeah. But it also doesn't really stand out that much as a movie on its own without Nick Cage. So mm-hmm. it's it's in this weird middle ground where it's 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 not right. a great movie but it's also not a great nick cage movie but it's not bad by either aspect so i'm i enjoyed it i enjoyed it more than i thought i was going to i got engaged more than i thought i was going to um as far as most uh, my favorite and least favorite things mm-hmm. they're kind of the same thing and that's the mystery i really liked the mystery aspect of it up until they just ditched it entirely yeah. which was about halfway through the movie uh but they seem to be doing really decent job of uh building up like this you know detective storyline that it almost felt like a hard-boiled detective uh novel for a little bit there yeah and you know they had all these different colorful characters coming in um they had so many of the tropes you see in that genre and then they just dropped it for a spy thriller about halfway through and it was the <laughs> strangest transition without any of the fun stuff from a spy yeah thriller, really yeah, this was like it's a it's the second half of a spy thriller. Yeah, mm. it's true. Yeah. yeah, you missed the first half. Now you just have the second half. <laughs> right. it, it was the weirdest little transition, and I loved it and I hated it at the same time. I wish they could have just done an actual, uh, like noir uh, detective movie for the entire movie of it and, well it, it didn't feel noir at the beginning uh, like it was like but, a like a hard-boiled a little bit like a little bit of uh the big sleep was in there like you've got this uh kind of morally gray shady uh sure uh detective and you know you've got these uh sexy women and you know there's 
um, there's a lot of these elements of it, but it's not really part of the genre. It's just kind of borrowing from it. And, and, it, I and, enjoyed it, that. and it drops that mystery pretense. Oh, yeah. Very immediately. Quickly, like so. about halfway through. And as soon as it reveals Gary Sinise is, you know, actually the villain, then they're just like, all right, we're done with this. Yeah. You know, we're just going to do spy thrill now. Um, so that's my favorite and least favorite part. <laughs> uh, overall, uh, I'm going to have to give it uh, two dives out of five. Really? Two out of five? Okay. Yeah. It's below average, but you know, I definitely didn't mind uh, watching. Not unfair. So my favorite part of this movie is probably just Nicolas Cage being silly throughout it. Like he's mm. he's not going full on Cage for a lot of it, and so he's it's not one of the movies. Like I don't think that there was a uh, a moment from the Nicolas Cage freak out meme thing that you uh-huh. were looking for, Josh. No, but uh, I, I I do enjoy him throughout this movie. Like he is, like I said at the beginning, he is very. Uh, he grabs your attention at all times when he is on screen. Yeah, he's an asshole. He's 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 kind of annoying. He is he is frustrating to be around, and uh-huh. you would not want to know this guy in real life. But it is hard to take your eyes off him, and that is that is a a strong part for the character. Um, yes, my least favorite part is that long pretend like one continuous shot, shot yeah, thing that yeah. they've got mm. going. It's it's just it's not it's not effective to me. And it's it, also it highlights doesn't the things. Do anything. It doesn't add anything to it, and it just highlights how annoying and frustrating Nick Cage can be. Like mm. he is just so over the top during that whole thing. It feels like they had to do these takes several times, and so by the time that they finally got it right, he was just going insane with it. You know, <laughs> and so uh, probably did a lot of coke in the downtime. I mean, I would not be surprised, but yeah, like that's that's just it's such a, a weird way to open the movie, and when it mm. finally does cut start cutting and becoming a normal movie like it it gets a lot better i think um especially when they start doing some more interesting things with how they're cutting together scenes and stuff we've already seen happen before right uh overall this movie's i guess okay-ish i get why it only had like a 40 percent on rotten tomatoes there it's it's not good and the ending leaves a lot to be desired mm-hmm. um i think if this had a stronger ending i would give it a higher rating but as it sure. stands i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with andreas honestly and i'm gonna give this uh two out of five autographed photos by the champ for your kid <laughs> i think it's fair i mean i think the movie deserves a two but I had a three and a half out of five time experience <laughs> watching it. Like I, I enjoyed it more than a two. I'm glad you know me and Andreas mean? can bring an extra one point five to your movie experience. <laughs> yeah, I had a, I had a good. You can time be honest. It was the cookies. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Rick's wife, Robin, <laughs> okay. for those cookies. <laughs> We're a, a one, and the cookies are a point five. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We're a point five each. There you the go. cookies okay. count as a person. I'll accept, I'll accept that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want to hear more of us talk about movies after eating cookies. And cookies. Yeah. <laughs> you can. <laughs> this is going to be a cookie review podcast from now on. <laughs> mm, Demacadamia uh, had a great start, but the finish left a lot to be desired. Uh, <laughs> if you want to hear us talk about more movies, you can listen to our episodes on our website, opinionatedpodcast.com. Additionally, we always love hearing from you guys, whether that's on our Twitter at OpinionCast or when you email us at OpinionatedMovieReviews at gmail.com. If you get a chance, please leave us a review uh, on iTunes. That's the best way we have of getting out to new listeners, aside from you sharing us with your friends. We always appreciate you guys listening. And until next time, we're opinionated. opinionated.